Nugget Boys and you listeners. We are back at it again after one week hiatus from the Spartan race. Connor, Richie, and I were away. We were doing our Spartan race, which is part of Connor's yearly goals, but it's also part of me and, me and Richie's uh, fitness goals overall. And it was it was a really, really good time. But, you know, we just didn't get to the podcast because we wanted to take a break and kind of just enjoy the weekend and just really get after it for the Spartan race. And it was a really fun time. We had a good trip. I am still kind of sore from the trip. I literally have battle scars on my hands. Um, you know, it, it, it happens. But Connor and Richie, what do you guys think of the Spartan race in the weekend? Weekend was really, really fun. Much needed considering everybody's year that we've just had. Um, we had every intention of starting that podcast too. And every time we wanted to go and record, we were just like, well, let's just hang out instead. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Spartan race was a blast. We all had a good time. We all learned a lot about ourselves. So I don't know, good experience overall. And it's just great to see the boys, you know? Damn, it was. It was really fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was really fun. I think overall it was, so the Spartan race itself is pretty massive undertaking. I don't think I registered how much work it was going to be until we're actually doing it. And during it, I was like, what the fuck are we doing? What am I, why did I sign up for this? Um, and afterwards, yeah, like when you look back on it, it's pretty, it's a pretty cool experience, obviously. Um, and it's, it's super hard, but then, yeah, I think from a podcast perspective, for sure, I think, yeah, we're just living in the moment, man. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing we could really do. It was just, it was better for us at that moment to, um, just relax and have a good time and hang out with each other. Cause we don't always see each other. We don't see each other enough. And so this was just that it was just, Hey, let's, let's live in the moment. Let's just have a good time, see each other, enjoy our presence versus you know, get to get to the podcast. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of what happened. Yeah, it was definitely like that. I mean, I, it might be a little bit different when we go to the one in Colorado, we might have some time to shave off because the last time we've seen each other was when we went to Yellowstone. So that was a, a decent amount of time in between. And, you know, just wanted to, you know, spend the time with everybody <laughs> and not worry about quote unquote work in a sense. Yeah. yeah big time. I, I remember there was a moment Sunday night after we all got back, that we kind of looked at each other like, hmm, we totally could do the podcast right now. Do we want to do it? And I think all of us were just like, nah, let's not do nah, that. Let's, let's put on a movie instead. Then we watched the movie. <laughs> that, the, the, the Spartan race was a lot of fun, though. It was uh, a 5K, which is about three miles. We had 20 obstacles, and now the one in June will be double the size with eight more obstacles. Um, so we might be anticipating some of the same obstacles, but I have no idea what the next eight could be because... I couldn't think of anything else that they could throw at us. Maybe they're just going to add a couple more. What do you guys think? Well, there's added variable of elevation to begin with. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, Derek's just realizing that now. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't put it together and it's double the size. Oh shit. Yeah. It's going to be tough. And then separately, I think I was looking at their page today and they have, I think in their Vegas one or somewhere, or maybe it was just an ad, but they were doing it over like a river, like doing the the rings, you know, the ring swings that we were doing. Wow. You did it That's over the, the water. And so if you fall, you gotta, you go into the water. That's awesome. And there's just like That's guys. Awesome. The video was just some guys like, the, what is it? I'm blanking on the name, but they paddleboard. Words, they were just like paddleboarding and then this person's like swinging by them. I was like, this is just <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty badass. That's pretty cool. I hope that something like that. 
I got to get better at those because I was not not too great at the Spartan race. The rings were tough. The monkey bars I fought were a lot easier. That with the the rings, my hands kept slipping. As soon as I wanted to go to the next one, my fingers started to slip off. It was. Yeah. I was glad it was the end when it was the end because I don't think that would have probably been the only obstacle I didn't uh, didn't complete on the first try. But the, the monkey swing. bars were pretty easy. Yeah, I did the monkey bars, but the one that got me was the the swing with the the rings, the ring swing. That's what I'm talking about. The rings, yeah. not the monkey bars. Sorry. I, I saw. Slot, last one I slept, I was like, yep, I one away. If I had to do one more, if I had to do one more, I was done. But luckily it was where it was. I I saw on the Spartan Race website afterwards, the, the, the pros that were doing it, they didn't go just forward. They were on the, they're going side by side. So they like reached oh, the like side. And then, yeah. So yeah. they had a technique. Yeah. What Which I will say to the listeners out there, if you don't complete any of these obstacles, yeah, sure. It, 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 there actually is a punishment. If you don't complete the obstacles within like five tries, you have to do 30 bur- burpees, which 30 burpees is no joke. And and they're, they're Spartan burpees. So you go, it's like full burpee. So if people are just going to like a high plank and coming back onto their feet, that's half of it. You have to go all the way down, all the way back up 30 times after doing tremendous amount. Derek, you had to do your burpees at the last obstacle, right? Yeah. Was, tough, man. Tough. With, with my hands bleeding too. Oh. Uh, was Brutal, brutal. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, before we move on from the Spartan race, I want to ask one one question about it. What was your guys's toughest obstacle? I think that's a good question to go about this. Ooh, wish you had prepped me for this. I didn't. At Trying all. to think. I honestly, I really think it is the rings. That one gave me the hardest trouble. I got. I think I got lucky on the spear toss. I watched a couple of people do it before I did it, and I yeah. did it on the first try, so I didn't have to think about it anymore. So that's quote unquote the easier. <laughs> obstacle but I, I think the rings were the toughest one just because i couldn't get my grip but maybe i have to watch some of the, the quote-unquote pros do it so i can see how i can move a little bit faster because your boy got 23rd out of everybody so uh not to hype myself up but i did not expect myself to get 23rd out of like 2,000 people going at a two o'clock start time so interested to see because i think on saturday in january uh, excuse me in june uh, we're going earlier so I might not have a lot of people in front of me to slow me down in a sense. Just for reference, what he means by the two o'clock start time is that we ran in this like fun run type period where there's all different levels in it. But for the most part, people are running in groups together. Like friends are running with friends. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, like Connor just like blowing dust in their face, kicking dust in their face, running by them all. No. Hey, hey. This is the fun run time. You wanted to be yeah, with us. People, <laughs> people did. Some people did get mad at me for passing them. And now that I think about it, yeah, we probably should have gone at an earlier start time. We just didn't put two and two together. So I think we know now for the future we're gonna actually want to compete. <laughs> Let's go with the earlier start time, so people, some people don't get pissed off. Other people didn't really care, but you know, some people do. I want to compete and and look good, so that's why we do the two o'clock start time. Yeah, I had to get ready. Yeah, uh, put my makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know for uh, for me, my hardest obstacle was uh, definitely the the bucket carry. That was. Ooh. Did so you have to brutal. drop it at all? I yeah, I mean, I didn't drop it, but I took like four or five rakes. I remember going up the side of the the mountain, pretty much, being like, "No, I just gotta don't put it down. You're gonna waste energy doing that. You just gotta keep going." And then I got to the top, and I was like, "This is so fucking hard." Mm-hmm. 
was tough. It was all trail too, which was the worst part. It wasn't like a cleared off path. Like there was branches and trees and you stepping up in like a super downhill moment that was slippery. And some people in front of me were eating it. And I was like, I got to go real slow on this. It was, that was a tough one. I do agree with that. I think the combination of both of those were pretty tough, but since we're just, we're all going to choose different ones at this point, Connor already chose the other, and you guys already chose the other two hard ones. I think the third hard one had to have been the rope swing itself or the rope climb itself. Um, mm, which is that's super a good one. Weird. Yeah. Like your, your forearms are already burning from certain things that we just did. And then your arms are already tired. And then somebody fell right before I got there. And I was like, all right, this is a little mental challenge to like overcome watching this person fall. So now I got to climb up this thing and make sure I don't fall. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, I think that one was really hard. I, I like whiffed at the top too. Like I tried to ring the bell and I whiffed and I was like, oh, man. And I just uh-huh. took, that took so much energy out of me and then I had to hit it. So yeah, overall I got it though, but uh, I think that, that one was also pretty tough. I know there is a trick to use uh, to have to use your feet when you're using the when you're climbing up the rope because I just used all of my upper body because I couldn't Same. figure out where to put my feet so I got to figure out how to do that maybe somebody that's listening knows how to do this and they can comment in our Instagram or something I, do I think- was like all right I just got to pull myself up let's go right. didn't even think about it just did it I do think we need to figure like one of the things I picked up on this one was like watching film so to speak, uh, in preparation of the next one. <laughs> like, I feel like I need to watch film and understand how people do certain things so that I can learn from them and uh, make and apply it to uh, to my next race. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I learned from that was uh, patience through the obstacles. Because that was a big thing for me going in. I was like, all right, I really want to try to get all these obstacles done. I don't want to do any burpees. That was a real big goal of mine. And each obstacle, I didn't know what was happening. And so I'd like stand there and watch it and see how I wanted to do it. And I'd go through it slowly. Um, and I think that really paid off for me. And that's just not knowing what I was doing and trying to get a grasp or a, just an idea of what was going on. I think that was super beneficial rather than just trying to go, 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 go. I was able to take a step back and like see everything for what it was, be patient about it, and then do it how I wanted to do it and not feel rushed about it. That's some good insight. I think, uh, I cool. think people can, can apply that other ways in their life. Hmm. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Welcome to the Bag Eye Boys and You podcast, where you learn about your journey to success and patience. <laughs> yes. Nice. Well, let's move on. I'm sure people love hearing about the Spider Race, but we got some business to get to. Um, what we usually do here on the Bag Eye Boys and You podcast, first thing we do is review our challenge from last week. Since we didn't have a podcast last week, we're going to go all the way back to two weeks ago. And I gave a challenge around taking a cold shower because our theme was mental toughness. And from what I understand, we all did it to some degree, but of varying levels of, uh, of completion. So we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna see how it went. The challenge itself was either take a two minute cold shower, knock it out in one go, or take four cold showers really quick. Doesn't matter how cold it is, up to you, whatever your level of challenge is. So I wanna hear from Richie first. Twite, twite. Uh, yeah, basically for me, I did this to some degree. Basically, what I would do, obviously, I shower whenever, all the time, but uh, whenever I shower. <laughs> That's good. Right? I think it's pretty good. Good uh, hygiene trick, you know, you guys look into it. Um, yeah, so I was, every time I showered, basically, at the end, I would just kind of turn on a little bit of cold cold water. And I think in New York, the, the water's really freaking cold, man. So 
Uh, I didn't turn it all the way down to like the lowest setting, but I turned it down. So it was like not, it was basically like back home. If you turned on your uh, water hose and you kind of sprayed yourself, yeah, it'd be like, I'm like, you know, it's warmish, but it's not really cold. It's not super cold, but it's not super hot. Just like lukewarm body temperature, room temperature. Um, so yeah, it was, it was mellow. I did that pretty often and, uh, I thought it was, thought it worked out. I don't know. It was cool. Yeah. Mine was kind of the opposite. Uh, I went really cold, but I didn't move. <laughs> so I just turned the turned the temperature down to super cold, and I stayed in one spot. It sucked for the first 20 seconds, and then I made it about a minute and a half. <laughs> and I turned off the water. I didn't move at all. So does that even count, or uh, does that count as, like, cheating? I mean, a minute and a half, and it sounds like you got partially submerged, which I think I think yeah. counts for something, right? Partial credit? <laughs> Maybe. I, I would consider it a fail. I should have moved yeah. around. The more I think about it, I definitely should have uh, been more tough, as they say. It's okay. It's a good introduction. You know, if you guys want to keep keep going with this, which I'm sure you don't because that's plausible. I gave that same tip to the people in the gym, too. A lot of them laughed at me. <laughs> so that's how widespread it goes when taking cold showers. For me, I, I regularly take cold showers, actually. It's just why... I gave the option to do a minute one, two minute long one because I don't do that. My cold showers are in the morning after a run, super quick, get my body submerged. Feels like shit for a little bit, but it wakes me up. And I did not really accomplish what I was going for. I tried to do a two minute cold shower. I submerged myself, but it was like a minute, and I was like, you know what? This is not this is not fun. I don't want to do this. So I got out, and I actually don't think. That week, I even took four cold showers because it was a short week and I didn't do that side of it. But, you know, it's okay. No one has to know. Amazing. <laughs> All right. So before we – I don't think I've even said what the topic is for today, which I'll, I'll tell the listeners right now. With the Spartan Race happening and with us starting a new theme, today's topic is going to be competitive health. So we'll probably be relating a lot of what we did in the Spartan Race to today's topic when we get to the discussion part of it. But – before we get there, we are going to continue with our segment for our year. So we are checking in with each other to see how year how our year is going. Um, and this this week, even though it's a turn of a new month soon, we're gonna we're gonna hear from Richie on how his year is going. All right. Uh, just to recap, what my goals were, or like the high level goals for the year: build and launch a business, read a book a month, and complete a master class every two months. Um, last month, some things carried over from a reading book perspective and the master class perspective. So I did carry those ones over. And then, uh, as you guys know, from the last time I gave an update, basically I'm building an entirely new product and starting an entirely different business than what I intended at the beginning of the year. Um, but before I get into all of that, I think the interesting part of my month was I, at the beginning of the month, I thought it was like, I actually had a pretty shitty month. Um, I wasn't like really feeling it. Um, just a lot, I don't know, mentally, I guess, like just kind of felt like not myself where I was just like, I don't want to go do all these things. I don't want to be super active. I don't want to do all this. Um, and so it just kind of just was like a little out of it for most of the month, I think. And, um, and I didn't do too much from like a goals perspective or like working out perspective or really that much of anything really just like work, a lot of work stuff going on. And I don't know, just kind of got lost in it all. And uh, at some point, uh, obviously we're going to the Spartan race. So obviously, and I was 
need to keep up with my goals and stuff. So I did do some of these things. There was about a week of uh, prep stuff that we had to do before that. So uh, as part of race. So yeah, just a lot going on, a lot of stuff moving, a lot of moving pieces in the month of March. Um, but basically here's my goals. Uh, so I had an MVP, build the MVP of the product for uh, the business and then build the, make sure I have all the requirements. I start to, I've basically created a list of requirements at this point, and I'm trying to figure out how to build the MVP itself. I think that building the MVP is actually a lot more work than I thought it was going to be uh, right off the bat, basically because of some of the requirements that I have. Um, so there's going to be a little bit more work. I think that one's going to end up getting carried over into the next month. And then as it pertains to the books and masterclass, I did complete the masterclass. So Neil deGrasse Tyson, thank you. Your uh, masterclass is actually really fun, really interesting. And I did bring up a lot of different questions that, and I used some examples that you had at work already. So it was really cool. Um, and then from like the book perspective, I did finish Atomic Habits, really great book. Connor's almost done. So I'm sure we'll be talking about it soon. And then I had another book that I was reading called Set for Life. And that one, I just started, I'm pretty behind on, I'm probably not gonna finish it for the month, but uh, it's pretty interesting thus far. It is a different tone on like finances and things like that. So we'll see. I'm, I don't know if I'm in the mood for too much more finance stuff. I might just like drop that book or pick up a different one because um, right now it's just not exciting me. And I, you know, if it's not exciting you, maybe just don't do it. Maybe do something else that can help you uh, achieve your goal. So we'll see. Might continue with it, might not. Um, there's some other books I have in my queue that I definitely want to start reading. So maybe I'll start one of those. Um, overall, month is pretty good. Month ended really well. The past two weeks since the Spartan race, or at least the past week since the Spartan race uh, has been really good for me. Um, you know, you go into certain things and you kind of just learn like, hey, this is what's more important to me. This is important to me. This is not. And uh, and so, yeah, I just like learned a lot about myself during the Spartan race and then try to make sure that I apply certain things that I've learned, certain things that I think are actually really important and making sure that I apply them in my life. And then, you know, obviously I got to train for the next Spartan race. So this week, at some point this week, I was looking at the calendar and I was like, all right, we have 12 weeks and four days until our next Spartan race. And I, I didn't do that well. I didn't feel like I did that well during the Spartan race. So I got to prep for it now. And so I looked at the calendar and I had this plan in my mind of like, I want to do this and this before the race and how much time is that? I was like, well, that's about 12 weeks. So now I'm like, oh crap, I need to start this today. The day I wrote, like started building this little plan. So on Wednesday, I started building this plan and I was like, oh, sh I need to start this today. I was like, I'm not prepared to start this today, but I guess I got to do it because the Spartan race, I have all these freaking blisters on my feet. So I have all these blisters and I'm like, I got to start this running today and I got to do this, I have to do this training today. So yeah, now I'm training and I'm feeling good about it though, but it's a, uh, it's a mission. And uh, anyways, my month overall, doesn't matter how you start, how you, it's how you end. And my month has been ending really well. So, yeah. Nice dude. Sounds great. And I love that you're applying what you're listening to or reading into, into life. I think that's a big thing that I've started to incorporate. And I think that's all because we started this podcast and started talking to each other about success just made me more in tune with what's going on. It sounds like it's having that effect on you. And that's how growth happens. So, dude, I'm pumped. I mean, yeah, we might've had a, a shitty start, but you definitely are ready for the next few few months ahead of you. And it's pretty cool to see. Let's go, dude, let's go. Damn, all right, all right. Oh yeah, one thing I forgot to mention is that during the like 
the reason I've started to learn how hard the pro building the product is, is because I've been reaching out to, like, I'm part of this like entrepreneurial group called Trends. I don't know if anybody follows like the hustle, if any of our listeners follow the hustle, but they had this other group called Trends. And uh, it's basically like they, they talk, it's a lot of entrepreneurs, they talk back and forth about creating products or products that they have or whatever businesses that they have. They just have a lot of communication on there and a big community. And uh, anyways, so basically on there, I asked them like, hey, this is the kind of product I'm trying to build, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh yeah, that is really hard. Some of them are like, that's really hard. Some of them are like, this is really easy. And I was like, okay, but if I had to do it myself, and you're, you already know how to do developing. Like, yeah, it's going to be easy for you, but I don't know how to do developing. So yeah, this is kind of a mission for me. Um, so anyways, yeah, I realized it's pretty hard and I have like a pretty big step. I probably have a really big April ahead of me to actually build this product based on some of the requirements that I have. So we'll see how it goes. You got to do, you got the plan, you got yeah, the information. Yeah. I think that's dope. It's big time. I know it's, I know it's scary too. Cause obviously it's kind of becoming real and you're getting these requirements, but it's a, uh, we're charging full force ahead. And I like what you said before, like dropping things that don't really apply to you anymore. And you're, you're focusing on what's important. And it sounds like you are doing a very good job of that. Yeah. The other thing I did specifically this week was like, I'm, I'm pretty much one of those people that just like, don't, doesn't really plan the weekends too much. I'm like, yeah, like I'll just play it by ear. Like whatever, it'll be fine. I'll have fun no matter what. And like, now I'm like, all right, like I really need to be on top of it, especially like as I look at the next 12 weeks and be like, all right, I need to train. So how am I going to train plus do this and make sure I do that every day. And so like, I was like, okay, I was talking to people yesterday about like, oh, doing hikes, doing this, doing that. I'm like, yeah, like I, I want to do these things. How am I going to work out in the morning and then go do this hike or go do this or go do that? And I'm like, this is a lot. There's going to be a lot of planning and a lot of um, interesting things ahead. So we'll see. How, how can you stay on top of your goals while also trying to get out of the city? It's a lot, it's a lot of, uh, work effort, but we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Big time. I struggle with that a lot myself. Like weekends, I either, I either fully commit to, to working and I'm just all right, in my, my zone doing my thing or it's the complete opposite of like, all right, let's go have fun not worry about goals. Let's just get away from this. So I, I admire you for trying to find that balance. And if you find the secret sauce, please share it with me. I think it's mornings. I think we always get stuck on this. Like I always talk about it. I'm like, yeah, if you do it in the morning, you can't really procrastinate anymore. But you just can't be hungover before. You can't be hungover before, or else you really won't be able to do it in the morning. So. Yeah, I know what that's like. It's like the podcast for for uh, for for you, Derek. It's like every time we do it in the morning, at least you knock it out in the morning. You're like, well, I'm already awake, so I guess I might as well go start my day. That's true. Um, I think we're in a good spot. Richie's having a good year. Next week, come back and we'll give you guys some new goals for April. And I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of changes for all of our goals. Um, the first three months have been interesting, but I know we've been doing a lot of trial and error. Might be dropping some things, might be adding some things, focusing on different things. So come back and, and see what uh, what changes we make, because I think it's going to be pretty drastic. At least for me, I know it's going to be drastic. So I'm excited. But moment we've all been waiting for the main topic so like i said before we're talking about competitive health um, especially with the backdrop of the spartan race i think it's a perfect time the theme for the next three podcasts including this one is physical health so we're just talking about different aspects of your physical health um, obviously it's an immense immense theme so we can't cover all the topics that we would ever want to within three podcasts so as three dudes who, who like fitness and being active i'm sure we'll come back to some form of physical fitness in the future but for now, we're doing competitive health to, to kick us off. Um, last week, we were supposed to do exercise, but I think combining exercise and competitive health 
competitive health go hand in hand. So the first question I want to ask, um, besides we get to the before we get to the health part of it, I want to ask Connor and Richie, what do you guys like? How does it? What do you guys feel like when you're competing? How does it feel? Like what's that? What's that feeling? I don't want to describe it in my own way. I don't want to embed anything yet. But what do you feel when you're doing it? A lot of emotions. I think it's learning how to tame those emotions in the competition itself that I focus on the most. Uh, not getting it too ahead of myself, making sure that I am being patient in a lot of things. I mean, I take this all the way back to soccer as well, not just the Spartan race, where I've really practiced to be calm under pressure and to be able to think when you're tired, because I think that's a true superpower. Like, can you get so conditioned or understand what you're doing so much that you're able to think about what is the next step rather than thinking about breathing? You know, most of the time when we get tired, we're like, I got to breathe. Oh. And I can't really think. And then the competitiveness really goes out the window in that sense. So that's kind of what, what I'm really thinking about when, when I'm in competition. I think uh, uh, competition's good, obviously. Um, I think we're all really competitive people. So it's tough for us to like counter that point. I think, yeah, I think you're kind of mentioned, there's a lot of emotion. You're just kind of like exerting. You've been building up this practice and doing all this stuff for so long that this is your this is your moment to shine i think it's like usain bolt who has like what 10 gold medals and he's only he's only ever raced his in the olympics like for over two or like a little less than two minutes he has eight gold medals or 10 gold medals in in less than two minutes worth of racing which is pretty insane when you think about it and uh i mean but it's all that practice all everything he's done for so long that got him to that point and i think competition is heavily emotional because of that um, the other thing I'll mention is, I was one of the books I was listening to or reading was um, it's like an army book or military book, and they were saying smooth is uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And I think when we're talking about comp like competitions and the obstacles that we were doing too, like during the Spartan race, like Connor mentioned, patience, understanding what he's doing. Um, it's kind of the same way on like some of these some of the things that we do during competitions, like. You don't want to over you don't want to be so quick when you get to some of these things and some of these things in, within your competition that you make small mistakes and if you go slow slow is smooth and smooth is fast if you're smooth about it you can go a little quicker uh, than if you're just rushing through it you're going to miss something so yeah i think it's emotional and i think it's uh i think there's a lot to it i agree with that um so you both said it's emotional and there's a lot of emotions, but I'm going to pry into both of you, try to get them more out. What can you talk about some of those emotions and what they are and some experiences you might've had, like when, when you feel those things? I think uh, for me, it's panic sometimes, um, especially when I'm not in a situation that I was prepared for. Like if I go back into my soccer days, like whether it's college or post-college, a lot of the times you just, you're so prepared sometimes that the only emotion you should have is calmness because you know the plays, you know what's going on. But like if you get into the Spartan race and you don't know what's going on and there's nobody there to help you, that's when the panic can come in. And that's when you like kind of talk yourself down. And what Richie says, you're either competing with yourself or somebody else. I think you're always competing with yourself, no matter the competition, whether it's an actual athletic event or a competition somewhere else. I think you're always competing with yourself because there's always an inner voice telling you something different. Or, you know, if you're not mentally strong, there's, there's that inner voice that you're always competing with. And I think that can be really troublesome. And it's learning how to 
you know, calm that down. And the biggest thing I had in the Spartan race was panic. Um, when some of the obstacles came my way and I was like, I don't even know how to do this. Like, how do I perform it? And that's why I was really on the, the patience and understanding and being able to observe what was going on. So that way I could take that information and apply it to what I can do. Um, and I think that really paid off. And so, the, I mean, those are a few emotions. Obviously, excitement is there. I, I try not to have too many emotions to bog my memory or bog my thought process, because if you're thinking about too many feelings, if you don't know how to handle that, I think that's where it can be troublesome. But if you know how to handle those emotions and be able to subside them for a little bit, I think that's really where it can be very powerful. You, know, you can use it to your advantage. But excitement, exhaustion, you know, that's all, that's all there every time you're in a competition. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I, the Spartan race was uh, actually a really good reintroduction to competition of that level because I, I haven't been in that situation in a very long time. But it made me realize like the difference between a race and something more direct like basketball or soccer because um, I, I didn't feel that same sense of panic for the obstacles because I, I probably because I wasn't trying to be like, I need to get the best time possible. I'm trying to do the best I can. But like there was just a sense of like, like I'm gonna do the best I can, and that's that. Whereas in like a direct competition, it's a lot more um, chaotic, and like you have to be able to react super quick. Mm. Like there is no time to think, uh, which is very stress-inducing. But I also think there's an element to soccer games, football games, basketball games when it's direct competition. There's an element of this is so thrilling. Like the the part of the re the reason why it's chaotic is also the reason why it's like super thrilling exciting and testosterone and adrenaline feeling like you just feel like super locked in even if you're not doing well you can still feel really awesome and that's that's what i miss about a lot of competitions in my life is like that laser focus of like this is nothing else in this nothing else in the world matters except this one moment this exact moment i love that that's great that's a great description of it i think i, I do miss that part of it on the team competition rather than the individual competition. I think that's where you get the big difference of the, the thrilling nature of it. I think you'll have a different emotion when you go into the Colorado Spartan race because you have an idea of what the obstacles are, or hopefully. So I think you will have that mentality of trying to go a little bit faster. And maybe you do make that little mistake and you do slip a little bit and then the panic arises. And then how can you calm yourself down to do it again? Like that's, that's, that's why I love it. You know, you really get to start to understand yourself and how can you achieve whatever you want to achieve without getting too frustrated with yourself or just being able to handle the pressure. I think pressure is a good one too. You know, what about you, Richie? I mean, you were in baseball. I think that's a, an individual team sport. It's a unique one um, because it is a factor of yourself, but you have to rely on other people to, to win the games. It is different. I mean, it depends on what you're doing, um, what position you're playing. Like a lot of things, like when you're hitting, for example, you all the emotion that you might have had for so long in, in your body, like during the buildup of the entire game, it has to go away. Uh, you can't think when you step in the batter's block, you can't think when there's like, you know, 90 mile an hour fastball coming down the plate to you. Right. Um, Cause if you think, if you're thinking, you're not going to be able to react. That's what a lot of baseball is, is reaction. You've been spending all this time building up how, how you're going to react when you see a fat, when you can pick up a baseball, from the pitcher and say, oh, it's going to go here and be able to read that um, and just react. You're not, you can't think you think the ball is already by you. And uh, on the other side of the ball, on the other side of the ball, really on defense, it's, it's kind of different. You have to be your anxiety 
is almost in your head of like, well, what happens when the ball is hit here? What happens when the ball is hit there? Hmm. What am I going to do? How am I going to react to this? And um, yeah, so I think it is totally different. Uh, I, I don't know from an emotional standpoint, baseball is not really played with, you can't play baseball with too much emotion um, just because it's such a reactionary game. Like you don't, you don't do too much uh, before the ball gets thrown because if you do too much, you're you're in a bad position. Um, can't overthink things. So it, it is a very strange, it's a totally different game. Um, but I think, you know, still people play with some level of emotion because people are now throwing bats and doing all this crazy stuff when they hit some runs. So at some level, there is emotion definitely to the game. Um, but I think to the point that we were talking about, like, yeah, everybody comes into the game with like some level of pressure that they put on themselves. They might be in a slump. They might be struggling, um, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and you come into the game and you bring this, you bring these emotions with you and um, you need to find a way to like, like you mentioned, Connor, just, you know, find a way to push it down and uh, just move, continue to move forward. I think there's always going to be self doubt. Everybody's going to have some level of self doubt, but your confidence should be built off of the months and months and years and years of practice that you've been putting in. And, uh, you know, that self-confidence should outweigh that self-doubt and, and really help you and bring down the emotions and keep them quiet. Um, you know, when we're talking about the Spartan races, I think it's really just how prepared can you get? Um, how prepared can we get between now and the next 12 weeks so that when we see a challenge, we don't run from it. We don't get scared. We just, react and, and just move and just keep moving and uh, keep finding a way to get better. Hell yeah. I, I want to ask, what do you think you guys have gotten out of team competitions? Because for me, I think self-confidence, like you just alluded to, was, was what I wanted to touch on. But trust is a big thing that I've learned to grasp from team competitions. And I know we've all played on a team sport in some instances. So if you can go back to what you think you've learned and how do you think that can, what you've gotten out of that team competition? What do you think? I'll go to Derek, yeah. Yeah, I, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is camaraderie. Uh, I, I think, I, I, someone said this, told, told me this in college, and I didn't believe it at the time, but they said something to the effect of, you don't build true friendships or bonds unless you go through a struggle with someone. And I was like, no, that, that can't be true. But as I look back and I look at all my close friends, there's definitely some level of like, we struggled together. We went through some varying level of like, whether it was a hard class or um, whatever, we, we had something like that. When I think team sports really do, when you put that trust in someone, you're you're in adverse conditions all the time. Even if you're like number one seed, every time you go out and play in a sport, you're you're literally going to battle. Like that is, this is the modern version of, of, of war, right? You're, you're trying to like win with someone. And like when you're in those situations, it's very tense and you, you're able to like see how people react. And I, I love that sense of it because you can, really bond with people on your team. And that's how you really make some really good friendships. Yeah, I love that. The funny thing about team competition in my mind is that so much about what you can control throughout your day-to-day -day life is like, I'm gonna practice hard, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do all these things to make sure that I'm completely prepared for the moment when I am going to have to step up to the plate, so to speak, and win the game or whatever it is. With team competition, you're hoping that your teammates are taking it as serious as you are. And you don't know that they are. They might've partied the night before, they might've done whatever the night before, and they're not gonna be potentially at their best. And 
how can you control that? You can't. And I think team competition is this weird dynamic where not just you need to be at your best, your entire team does. And how can you make sure that you and your entire team are going to be at their best all the time? And team competition is really tricky in that sense because, again, you can't control them and they can't control you. And so it's how, how well can you trust each other? How, how well can you guys hold yourselves accountable to one another and find a way to, to get by and just keep getting better every day and win that game? Step up to the plate, baby. Well, I love that because I think that really goes into what I think Derek wants to talk to next. And how does competition really relate to our everyday life? And I think that's a great kind of continuation into that. So I want you, Derek, to kind of take that road back into like how this, how these comp- competitive health situations can really drive us to a either positive or negative life. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And that's what I think that this podcast is ultimately about. Like, how do we take these themes and apply it to everything we're doing in our lives? Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is just being able to face adversity, being able to like, all right, this is tough and I am physically mentally drained, but I, I, I need to find a way to, to move forward. Um, it doesn't, and like, I think what people who don't like competition mainly look at is that they, it's an all or nothing thing. They look at it like, Oh, I need to find a way to move forward in this best possible way. I need to I need to get to, to here. And that's not what it's about when you're in an adversity. It's not like I need to get, there's a spot I need to get to. It's like, let me do the best possible job I can to move in that direction. And if I'm moving in that direction, good things are going to happen and I might get there. And if I do get there, it's going to be great, but I just need to keep moving in that direction. And I think that's what like competitive team sports teach you to do. And that's what I really appreciated growing up. Yeah. uh, I love that. What I really think is a, a good pointer is that we're all human and we all make mistakes. And it's such a cliche thing you hear and say, um, from or hear from other people all the time. But it's so true. I mean, if I go back and think about the mistakes that I've made on the field and how my teammates have lifted me up and picked me up because of, you know, it's it's not a normal thing to happen. You know, mistakes do happen. And mistakes happen in everyday life. But I think a lot of us expect perfection on a constant basis. And that's a very unrealistic expectation to set for people. And having that trust that mistakes happen, but people will learn from those mistakes if they're in the right environment. And that's what we're trying to allude to is having that really quality environment around you so that if you do make a mistake, that people are there to lift you up in the right way. Um, and I think that's how we can relate, you know, competition and competitiveness or team competitiveness to your everyday life is, is knowing that your teammates are going to make mistakes, but it's up to you to help, you know, make the situation better or have a better light to it. Do you guys remember um, there was a clip of a, a UCLA basketball game, like I want to say two years ago, two or three years ago, where this was late in the game and one of the guys, like he messed up. He was like a freshman or a sophomore. He messed up in the game and he, he put his head down. He was just walking away, like beating himself up. Yeah. And this his, his team captain or someone on the team literally came over and like pushed his head up. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 keep your head up. And it went viral on LinkedIn and all these things. And I think it speaks wonders to how you should be on a team. And that right there is like the reason why it went viral on LinkedIn is because that is the idea people should glean in their everyday life. It's really easy, especially in knowledge fields, to be like, that person messed up. I can't believe he, he dropped the ball on that one, right? What if that person just 
didn't have the capability or didn't have the ability or something's going on in their life. That, that's the moment you should be like, how can I help you? Don't worry about it. Let's let's do this together. Mm-hmm. Not not putting them down. It's very easy to, again, in knowledge field, it's very, very easy to, but I don't think you should. So I think the other thing to think about here is that in our everyday lives, we're not on teams. So how should we really be thinking about competitive health? And the reality is, is again, I, I'm going to start. I don't think that, I think it's a really fine and dangerous line that we play with competitive health. I think it's a really dangerous game. If you think about a lot of former athletes, a lot of former gymnasts and a lot of other people um, out there, some of these athletes have eating disorders. They have a lot of different challenges that they face because they get depressed. Like Kevin Love had depression. Um, they have all these different things because of this competitive health, because of this competitive nature. And I think it's a really dangerous game, especially as, as an individual, like when we go into gyms, when we go into wherever you want to lift heavy weights, but that doesn't mean you have the right form, but that's the competition, the self competition that you have from like a societal pressure competition with you have with, with yourself, with others, if you want to look like that guy. Um, I want to look like this bodybuilder, like that's really dangerous game. And, uh, I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I am glad you brought this up. Cause that's, that's, that was my plan for the podcast where we talk about the competitive nature and the emotions behind it. And then, then we go into the health part, right? Because that's what the gist of this theme and this segment are, or this, uh, this topic are, is your physical and competitive health and health is the operative word here. We've been focusing on a lot on the competition, but I think as it plays to your health, Everything we said about competition, the good sides of it, remember that it has to be in the essence, in the vein of your own well-being. I, I think that's it, it makes a lot of sense. But if you are taking things to an, another level, there's a lot of emotions with competition. We, we talked about a lot of them, self-doubt, self-confidence, um, camaraderie, excitement, thrilling, all these different things. And that is very overwhelming. And if it gets to if overwhelming is ever a part of your competitive um, stratagem or anything going on with your competitive lifestyle, Take a step back, take a weekend to be with your boys. Don't do your podcast and just do your thing, you know, enjoy watching a movie. And I think that knowing that is a really important skill, especially if you're a competitive person. Yeah. I I mean, I wanted to, I don't know what I wanted to say against this because I think we do fight with societal pressures a lot. Um, especially as, as humans, we always want to be better than somebody else. It's just, it's a natural instinct that we always want to be wealthier or get the promotion or do this or do that. And in the last couple months, when we've been talking about like self-love and self-positivity, I haven't really felt those societal pressures. You know, I haven't felt the need to want to look like somebody else or want to put on the weight like somebody else. I've always wanted to impress myself in these past couple of months. And that's not a like that's the new thing. Like in the past, I would totally agree. Like I definitely competed and been like, I want to look like that person, but it's this constant like I want to do that, but not putting action towards it. And now I've gotten to the point where I like, I enjoy where I am with who I am, and I want to improve myself because I have that love for myself. And it's a weird, weird little thing. And it's almost it's it's <laughs> I want to go into the sense of like. Don't, don't listen to society anymore. Like do your own thing, go on your own path because it's very easy to say that, but it's much harder to do that. And I don't know the right steps to take in that sense. 
other than being just engulfed in an atmosphere of you know self-love and self-positivity where that's our gym right now and you see a lot of people become happier and want change because of how they are and who they are not because of that person looks like this and i need to look like that so i can be happier it's like oh i'm already happy with myself right now so i've now ignored all those different emotions and i'm like okay i want to be stronger i want to work harder i want to be faster how can i get there and it's it's like the self-improvement attitude but it's not easy i don't i it's been a it's been a tough road and i think as men we're supposed to you know have that manly society aspect and having that self-love and self-appreciation is a little bit different uh, coming from that male side because it's a rarity you don't really see it that often but I've, I've actually seen a couple of the nba players um start talking about that i don't remember who it was maybe paul george or something like that was talking about it i don't know anyway that was my little rant on that because i i do think we have a I, everybody has a problem with comparing and i think we need to get away from that in that health sense and that's why I've really started to see competitive health as more as a personal growth opportunity rather than a way to be a winner or be a champion. You know, I want to be happy that I did it. I want, like, I'm proud of myself for doing that Spartan race. I know I could have done better, but it was the fact that I went out and I proved myself that I could do something. And now I can know I can do a little bit more. And that's, that's kind of the exciting part for me. And that's where the self-growth happens. So end of rant. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I'm always here for your TED talk. Yeah, <laughs> TED talk, amazing. I what what I gleaned from that too is that that uh, that self love that you and your gym is practicing. It's really helpful to keep going in the sense of being happy with yourself in the present. But I think the other way of looking at like comparing yourself, comparing yourself to other people, and trying to trying to get to somewhere in the future, and always looking at that is always setting you up to be unhappy because you never you never really get to that vision, right? It's kind of like, yeah, point. I want to get to that level. And then when you bench those two plates, right? You're like, oh, shit, I benched two plates. Or that guy's benching three plates. I got to go yeah. bench three plates now. Yeah. Exactly. It's so it's constant, a constant, constant ending, look. Never yeah. yeah. So I think that's good that you guys at your gym are doing that. Share it with me. I think that's, that's it's, it's, it's frightening in a sense because in the fitness industry, it's not a normal thing, you know? You're, you're in fitness because you want to change something about you. And that reason for change is the wrong reason for change. Because <laughs> you want to do something, you want to look like somebody else. You, you don't like yourself. You need to love yourself to see actual change happen. Uh, I'm going to find a quote with you real quick. You guys can continue this. Um, and I'll interrupt when I find that quote. But it was, uh, it was pretty deep. Yeah, I think there's two, two things popped in my mind when, while we've been talking. Connor, from like an MMA standpoint, since he like watches MMA, um, yeah. is, don't you think it's a very dangerous game though when we're talking about cutting weight all the time? How they have to go 100%. up and down. percent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like this yeah. is very competitive health can be this very dangerous. I, I think we're all agreement. We're all competitive people. We're all agreeing that at some level it's good, but there is mm-hmm. this fine line where it might be too far. Like you putting your life on the line for an MMA, yeah. like going up and down with the eating and literally getting knocked out sometimes or playing football and you're getting your brain rattled all the time too. Um, mm-hmm. So where does the line get drawn in that competitive field? Yeah, it's a, little, it's a little hard because those people are getting paid millions of dollars to do that. Um, no we offense, don't, I'd get my teeth knocked in if I was getting... We're talking about Joe Schmo who didn't make it. 
who didn't make it, but just put his body through the same exact ringer that the other guys have. Yeah, I guess that goes into some type of goal, you know. I, I do, I, I do see the risk. Do I think cutting weight and making sure all this is appropriate? No, I don't. I, and most of the time, we're cutting weight to make weight, and then they're putting on the weight back on, you know, because it was all water weight they're losing, and they needed to make weight, so they haven't eaten in two days. For sure, it's not a, it's not a good thing. But there's some fighters out there that will stay at a decent weight and stay at a healthy weight and they'll fight in that weight like weight class. And I respect that because they don't want to put their body through that. They want to feel good all the time. But some fighters, some people have different mentalities. And I, that is a tough thing. It is a tough area. And there is, I don't know where the line is. Um, but if you want to re, if you want to try to get somewhere, like, of course, I want you to try to do it the healthiest way. I don't think cutting weight and, and getting your getting your face beat in um to win 5k is is worth it in a sense so uh i don't know i mean the fighting world is a big different world that's where you get a lot of you know alpha males and testosterone lovers to really hype up and that's where they get their attitude and i think there can be different ways to to get to what you want but i don't know the answers and you know i don't want to sound ignorant about where what? these people need to be what? you don't you need to have answers but i did find the quote all right you ready yeah (laughs) getting your shit together requires a level of honesty you can't even imagine there's nothing easy about realizing you are the one that's been holding you back this whole time goes back into that self that self-love and understanding yourself but i don't know i don't really have much to say about competitive health but i think all right in a general sense you know we said it was too broad to there's a lot to unpack when it comes to health. It's not just a physical thing. It's a mental thing. It's a spiritual thing. Like there's a lot of ways to be happy <laughs> and uh, it, you're, you're the first problem that you need to solve. If there is a problem in this life, you can, yeah. Very high level of self-awareness in that quote. For sure. And I'm trying to get to that high level yeah. of self-awareness. Cause I think that's powerful. You know, when you can really dive deep and, and blame yourself for some of the things that are going on and not external factors, that's when real self-growth happens. And part of that, I think, can come from competitive health. I, I really think that the team sports or the individual sports, you learn so much about self-growth in individual sports um, that I think can be applied into you know everyday life. You know, Fighting for something and knowing that you are the one and the only one that can generate income for your family or for yourself, that's powerful. You know, You have to have your shit together. You can't be making excuses because something didn't happen. Um, and that's... That's where this is, is such a, a broad topic. We could continue talking about yeah. this forever, but I think there's so many things you can learn from, from, from health and being competitive in health. But I also, like Richie said, I think there's a lot of downfall to it too. Um, whether you're in that sense of always wanting to achieve more, like the ladder climb that you were talking about, Derek, or you know, putting your body through unnecessary measures to achieve the goal, like Richie's saying. It, it's it's a fine line, and I, I want to make make it explicit. Like the self awareness is good, but as someone who is probably too self aware, I definitely get in my head way too much, and it's it, it it can cause a lot of problems. I was telling you guys before the podcast that I was had a weird day on Friday. I got in my head a lot. I talked to my mom. She made me feel better, but it was prime example of being way too self aware. So if you if you get to a certain level level of self awareness, just make sure you can you can pull yourself out or talk to someone because. It, it got pretty bad. I had a great weekend after that, but you know, just Friday was a good. But the day. positive, the positive is you got yourself out. Yes, and that's that's the good thing. He had an incessant moment. So self-aware that he was no longer self-aware. He had to call. He was three D. He was three dreams in. 
was Inception. I was, I was in yeah. that, what do they call it, Inception? That parody? I don't know, whatever. I don't uh, know what you're talking about. <laughs> you never seen Inception? I have, yeah, I have. They're, they call it like whatever, like the sixth, there's like the sixth layer deep where they go into like the, the dream of the dream of the dream of the dream. And it's like some yeah. special name. I don't know. Never mind. I don't Good. know the name. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, cool. So we're going to wrap up soon because we're actually, we've Wait. been talking a long time and I didn't think we were. Wow. I have another, I have another question there. Okay. I have one wrap up, but you go, you go. All right. You're probably going to ask the same question. Uh, but anyways, Let's hear it then. <laughs> instead of, instead of, uh, all these other things. So, okay. We had Jill on a couple weeks ago. I'm talking about self-love. True. Uh, she recently posted something on her story that I, I wanted to comment on on this podcast episode um, around like guys have the same body image issues and other issues that I think girls have. And I think it's important relative to competitive health. I think it's because I think even during the Spartan race, like obviously, like personally, like I felt out of shape. Obviously, I was, but am. Obviously, I am. But uh still like i still had like a body image perception where i was like damn like i don't feel comfortable about taking my shirt off right now but fuck i'm so hot and so tired right now i just got to do it like i don't care i'm gonna do this mm-hmm. um yeah just like one of those perception body image things that i think it's important relative to competitive health because i mentioned it with depression and like nba players like there's just a lot of emotions and things that you can get so wrapped up in within sports and i think it's all intertwined um and the thing I wanted to comment on or ask the question to you guys about was, what do you think the inverse is like? What do you think, we're, we're, even though there's so so much self-competition or personal competition with yourself to get better, like you want to lift more weights, you want to do this, but you don't want to do it for anybody else. Um, what's a good strategy that you think you can surround yourself or what do to make sure that uh, uh, you're staying true to yourself and not doing it for some some obnoxious other reason. Powerful question, man. Yeah. Uh, definitely individualized. I'll tell you that. There's no one secret fits all. Um, wow. Yeah, I was not expecting you to ask this question. I'm a little. St- Derek, I, do you have anything I, to, I, I so I can sure marinate? I get, yeah, I want to make sure I get the question right. Because this is, I can tell this is a big question. So you're asking. <laughs> you're, you're asking if if I have anything to to not get too invested in, in a certain cause for the wrong reasons. Essentially, I don't know if I got that right. I think that's right. I mean, I'm trying to figure out, we get so wrapped up in like all the, the competition that there is, there's actually no competition, right? Like you go to the gym, you go to this, you try to lift, mm-hmm. you do, you want to lift weights because lifting, lifting heavy weights is, is fucking sexy and everybody knows it's sexy because you're dropping those weights and the entire gym kind of looks over at you. Like this guy just did three plates, fuck, I guess tight. Um, and, uh, you know, it's sexy, but the reality is like your form is shitty. So you shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. Um, so there's things like that. And, and you have, we all have this like perception of body image or whatever too. And, and like guys and girls have this thing, right? Like there's, there's a hot girl at the gym. Every guy is looking and there's, there's a bunch of other girls at the gym that are really attractive as well. Like, but guy, like these girls are comparing themselves. Guys are comparing themselves. Everybody's comparing themselves all the time. And that's part of competitive health in my opinion as well, just as much as it is really actual competition because we're literally competing in our minds against these other people when in reality we probably shouldn't be. 
yeah. Um, to Connor's point, there is no one size fits all. So everyone has to come up with their own interpretation at their own time because it, it happens on your own time. But my friend said something to me a long time ago that helped me understand, especially in the context of fitness, how you should go, how you should be going about things. Not should. Again, I'm not using should in my vocabulary anymore. But like, I so it was my coworker who I used to work out with after work um, when I was in San Diego. We would go to the gym together. I would drive her carpool. Had a good time because we were both in that post college. Like, yeah, going to the gym. I want to look good. I want to get in that beach bod shape. Um, you guys remember I did like a little competition to like lift weights and the cut and this whole thing. And after I caught up with her like a year or two later, she was like, you know, like I do like going to the gym, but I, I just want to like feel good and be able to like perform well and just kind of be functional and just like just be with my friends and be fit. And it dawned on me like the primary reason you should go to the gym is to feel good. That's that that's that's it. Like that is to me the objective truth of going to the gym. You want to feel good. Period. Doesn't you get there different ways, but if you the way you're feeling good, if you think you have to feel good by like lifting that many weights or like competing against other people, that is inherently a problem because you your your self worth isn't based off other people and you're comparison other people. But if you do like lifting heavy weights and you do like competing against other people, that's fine. Like that's that's a, I would say it's more of a hobby than a like that's my where my self worth is wrapped up in. So it's a long way of saying um, you should find what, what works for you. And the exa- personal example is that I used to go to the gym all the time. Pandemic happened, kind of messed everything up. Now we're doing the Spartan race. I've been running a lot, doing a lot more cardio things. And I still feel really good. And I, I think I look pretty good. I'm, I'm confident in myself. And like, even though I'm not lifting weights and not as heavy as I used to be, I'm being fit with my friends. And it's more of what I need to do in the moment, right? So the racing, not the lifting weights. So... Take that as you will. I could go now. <laughs> no, I have one. Okay. I want to add one thing that Derek said, though, which was one of the points that I was going to hit based on, but he already kind of hit on it. So I want to mention it. Uh, and I think this is a huge, huge thing is I think even though we are working out by ourselves most of the time, um, I think a gym or a gym partner or whatever. Uh, somebody you work out with is really, really important. And somebody that can hold, hold you accountable. They can help you make sure that your form's good. They can do a lot of things for you. And I think that they can make sure you're not overdoing it. It really is what I'm kind of getting at is like, you don't need, when do you get, when you find a really good gym partner, like I was working out with Layden a lot when I was at USF and Layden and I, yeah, he would put, we'd push each other, but we weren't looking around the gym to be like, that guy's doing four plates. We're doing four plates today. And uh, it wasn't something like that. It was just like, hey, like we're gonna push each other to get better. And if you can't, that's fine. If, if I if I can lift more weights than you, it's not really that big of a deal. I'll just help you get better as we go. And it was a really cool dynamic for me. And you started to mention a little bit, Derek, is like you had a gym partner that you went with a lot just to, to hold yourself accountable to keep going to the gym. And uh, I think it's a really important thing. I think if that's something if if you want to go to the gym, if you if that's something you're competitive, if that's something that you want to do to feel healthy. And you're competing against yourself and working with your partner to compete against yourself. That's, that's fucking fantastic. It is fantastic. I don't. I, don't, I just want to talk because I know Connor wants to go and he has to go. So I'm just taking. Him I can keep. I'll wait. I like listening to you guys. I mean, you guys are talking each other into the right right attitude. I mean, I'll just keep going. Why not? Why not? Um, <laughs> you had two different goals that you're talking about when you were working with Layton versus right now the goal that you gave as an example. Because when you're working with Leighton, it was, you know, I'm pushing each other. We want to get better. We want to, that was getting us, that was making us happy. 
and you've put your happiness on an external factor when you're comparing it to somebody else. Like, oh, they're lifting three weights. I have to do that. But what happens when you get to three weights? Are you going to be happy? Maybe. But there's going to be another reason on why you need to do something different. And I, I've learned a lot from being in the fitness industry where a lot of people come in and say, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds. And they lose the 20 pounds and they're still not happy because they're still fighting for something. And a lot of the times these people don't want to lose 20 pounds. They want to lose five pounds, feel a hell of a lot stronger than they are right now because that is what's really eating them is they feel tired, they feel weak, they don't have the energy. And that's the general population, right? That's the average person is coming in here because they are unhappy and they think the weight is going to make them happier. And when I tell them, you know, oh, you're only like, what if you lost 10 pounds, but you were a hell of a lot happier right now? You know, that's an accomplishment for them. And so putting arbitrary numbers on a lot of things isn't the realistic way to, to achieve that goal. And where, you know, people are looking around the gym, like, first of all, <laughs> you don't need to look around the gym. Your people are there to benefit themselves. Nobody's there to look at each other and say, oh, I got to look like that. Or, oh, I want to talk to that person. Like the gym is there to work out. It's not a, it's not a bar. Um, so you need to be focusing on yourself and doing what's going to make you happy. Like that's why Derek said, you know, you're going to the gym to feel good, to feel happy. That's where the, the health part comes into play. And that's why I think goals are important. Like if you have the wrong way of looking at goals, you're going to have the wrong attitude and you're never going to feel that dopamine rush when you achieve that goal. So I think it's just a really, it's an internal process that has to happen on a day-to-day -day basis and you have to make sure that you're doing it for you and nobody else. Yeah, big time. Good, good question, Richie. I can, can't confirm that it was not the question I wanted to ask though. <laughs> It's a crazy good question, though. I was not expecting that. I think that's in depth. And, you know, it's one of those questions that not a lot of people want to ask because it's a tough question to answer. But I think that's what what I need sometimes because that, that put me into a deep thought. And I'll probably think about that for a little bit. And I think that helps a lot of people understand true meaning on why they want to do certain things. Yeah. My favorite point that, Connor, you mentioned was the gym is not the bar. They're not there. People are not there to talk to you. You to talk to them. Like, it's not a social setting. This girl, that girl over there, is not somebody that you should go over there and talk to them because they're not there for you, man. Like, they're there for them to get better. So just like leave it alone. Um, but yeah, I do. I do think ultimately, basically, what you guys mentioned is exactly what I was trying to get out of that question. Really, is is. It's on you. At the end of the day, finding people, there's tips and tricks out there, I'm sure, that we don't have all the answers for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really this internal process. Internal, it's super hard because I I'm, I fall to it all the time. I, of course, I, like, I looked at the photos of the Spartan race and I was like, yeah, I definitely have that role right there. Not happy about the role. Like, definitely I look at it. I'm like, yeah, like it's not something I want. But about the same time, I'm like, when I'm looking at the Spartan race, the entire time Derek was like, Hey, do you want to like figure out who's going to get the best time? Like you want to make some bets here, the over under. And I was like, no, I'm not really competing for anybody else other than myself. I don't know what I'm going to get. And I probably, I'm probably not going to do too hot and that's okay. I'm not competing against somebody else. When I'm looking at this next Spartan race. Yeah. Like, obviously it'd be really freaking cool if I destroyed Connor and he was eating my dust. But like, is that really going to happen? Is that the reality? No. The reality of this situation is like, is it, was it a little embarrassing that I didn't do as well as you guys? Yeah, it was embarrassing, but the competition for the next one isn't necessarily me competing against you guys as much as it is 
hey, I finished the last one at this, and this was a 5K. Can I finish the next one at better? Like, can I somehow get better, even though this is going to be harder and more elevation and longer and more obstacles? Can I somehow just find a way to get better? And if I can, then that was pretty freaking good. Oh, real quick, are you? how are you going to gauge that? Do you have an idea? Yeah, right now it's basically just like, can I get under double my time? Because I hate running time. so much. Mm-hmm. I hate running so I much. I'm like, this is way I, worse, too, because now I'm going from three miles to six miles, more elevation, eight more obstacles. I, the obstacles weren't the deal for me. The running you know, was the deal Yeah, I have to say, the running in the beginning sucked. I was I went way too fast in the beginning. It burned me out. But the one when we talked to that couple when they walked by us and all she said was don't stop don't stop running that was in my head uh because a couple of times i was like oh my god i I, let me take a break like i'm i sprinted (laughs) like the first mile and i was like all right i can take a little bit of a break right now because i'm (laughs) a little far ahead of them but then i remembered that girl saying like just don't stop like you'll be happy that you didn't stop and i'm so happy that i never walked because i think that really that that's what kept me going so I was going to say, like, I don't know if you guys walked at all, but that for me, that was a big motivator. And that's going to be the same motivator come Colorado. I was like, I just don't want to stop. Like, let me keep this going because that's how you win those battles. That's how you win that inner voice um, because it's easy to stop, right? It's not easy to keep going. And I think if we can win those small little battles, that's when that dopamine hits. And that's what keeps pushing you. And you're like, damn, I got this. All right. I got a half mile left. I got to climb up this, crawl over this, crawl under that and jump over this. Let's fucking go. Let's do this thing. Um, and I think that's, that's what kind of kept me going. So that's, that's, those are my goals, uh, going forward when I get to the super and then I get to the beast, like the beast, I'm not looking forward to, cause that thing's going to fucking suck. But my goal is to not stop running or at least keep jogging, keep the bounce going. That's what I, that's my rhythm. But I don't know I, if you guys want to take that same goal, I think that that really helped me keep going when I didn't want to keep going. Cause don't get me wrong. There were times where I wanted to stop or I didn't want to continue this. Um, but you know. I want it. It's a goal, you know, anyway, anyway. I, uh, I mean, it sounds like we're all sharing our goals for the next part. Today, so I'll <laughs> yeah, what are we like an hour and 20 minutes into this podcast right now? <laughs> we were overdue from last week. We got We got to talk for last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I kind of agree with Richie. I don't know if I'm going to shoot for under double my time. Cause I think double my time is already going to be a huge improvement since it's a lot more. Yeah, I, I, I think I think around double my time, maybe a little bit over just to give myself some buffer room because I, I, I forgot the elevation. I think, you, I don't know if they, they, you got, my reaction was caught on camera, but whenever you guys told me today, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, oh, jaw shit. drop, eyes open. You're like, oh, no, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Dude, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be yeah. pretty. That's why, that's why I think it's going to be tough to uh, double your time but get under that, however you said that. I can't think of the way you said. Under double. Under double your time, yeah. Double Dutch under time. I should be able to do mine. I feel like I was not like trained, so now I'm like, all right, like here's my next twelve weeks completely planned out in an Excel sheet. Uh, so figure it out. Good man, good man. I, I dig it. Cool. All right. Well, as Connor alluded to, we've been we've been talking for a long time, and I love talking to my friends. I can keep talking for hours, but unfortunately. Our recording platform, Riverside, doesn't let us record forever as much as I would like them to. Shout so, out, Riverside. Yeah. Sponsored by Riverside. Not really, but 
yeah, we're gonna get up out of here. We're gonna I'm gonna issue a new challenge, which for the topic of competitive health, we have to have a, com a competition of some sort. So for our listeners out there, I encourage you to do this. Get your friends and family together. It'll be fun. Get a little bit of community action going. I want everyone to do something active, compete in something active, I'm just saying. So whether it be running a lap, a mile, holding a plank, jumping jacks in a minute, whatever you can kind of cobble together with your friends and family, make it as big or small as you want. Oh, I, I was sorry about that. <laughs> Came at a terrible time. Jeez. Um, God, ruin my mojo. Anyways, so get your friends and family together, do something, and just doesn't have to be something super big, but whatever's challenging, and just compete in it, you know? And since your friends and family, they'll be supportive. Whoever wins or loses, doesn't matter. It's just to be the best version of yourself you can be. I also like the factor of when you're doing something physical and it's competitive, it tends to make you do a little bit better because you have something to kind of like hold on to it's like oh i, I need to do this because i want to be better and i want to see if i can win so let's see if we can uh, get there together so if you really don't want to do a competition where you're competing against somebody for the uh like physical like running a lap have you seen that have you seen those like instagram like at the beginning of the pandemic when the family was like competing with like like ping pong balls and how many times they can move their hand under it and like different competitions like that oh yeah Yep. There is like a lot of stuff out there right now. If you're cooped up with your family, that is one other way you can continue to practice competition, competitive health. Exactly. If you do record a video or something like that, feel free to upload it and hashtag it, bad guy boys, hashtag competitive health. Or just send nice. it to us, post it on ours. Or send it to oh. us. Wow. Now we're promoting? Come on. <laughs> cool. Before we get out of here, I do want to say, what, what's our challenge going to be? What, what do you guys want to do? We're going to compete against each other for sure. Are we going to do like a, are we going to set it up? Like, okay, April 30th, we're going to compete or at the end of the week, we're going to, this week, or are we just do, doing it? Let's do like, you know how in the early in the pandemic, we, we try to do a, a plank all together. Mm -hmm. We could do something like that. Sure. I mean, I'm down. I'm always down. I'm constantly active. So throw anything my way and let's go. Damn. Doesn't matter what you guys you guys choose the competition, I'll beat you. You guys suck. <laughs> Did not say that. Thanks, Although dude. I am thinking it. <laughs> let's do uh let's let's record ourselves doing uh three pointers in, in a in a minute. Let's do a squat hold. Okay. I could be down for that. Yeah, that's we always say like, oh let's hold a plank. Let's hold a squat. Not a wall <laughs> sit, like a squat. I'm thinking about that one. <laughs> I don't know about that one. We'll see. All right. Well, we will come back to you. We'll let you know next week. We'll do something offline. Yeah, we'll do something offline. Richie doesn't want to commit yet. It's okay. Yeah. Get us out of here, Derek. Yeah. Eat a baguette weekly on Mondays. Yeah, yeah. Go eat that week. Sorry, let me put my baguette down. I didn't realize you podcasters were still listening. Well, since you are, why not head over to our Instagram page at the underscore baguette underscore boys and DM us. Let us know how all the challenges are going. And why not let us know how your yearly, maybe monthly, or even weekly goals are going. We'd love to interact with you guys and get new perspective to see how we can better ourselves and maybe even better you. 
Catch you guys next Monday. Peace out.